0: Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and his kingdom. So, God, we just thank you for what you're doing, and Bill. And we thank you for what you're doing in us as a family. And we just ask, God, that you will give Bill a a strong sense of clarity as he shares with us today what he's prepared. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Okay. So, so if you would like to, we're going to have the Bible passage I'm going to read up, up on the screen. But if you want to have something in front of you to look at or look back at or make sure I'm telling you the truth or whatever, you can raise your hand. And I guess Harry, will, Harry or I will hand you uh, a Bible that says the same things that will be on the screen. And then you will, you will know. And for those of us who like tangible things, that's maybe helpful. Uh, but okay, <clears throat> so go to Deuteronomy 18:9. I guess mostly just mostly just Tim, but if you have your own Bible or something, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9, and we'll start reading. <clears throat> okay, when this is uh, Moses speaking, Moses says, "When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there." Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. So, if you've been hanging around here lately, you know that for the last year or so, we've been working through uh, Matthew's Gospel in order, and then for the Advent season, the last four Sundays, we kind of took a break from that, and we've been following the lectionary, which is a schedule of readings that um, many, many churches all over the world use, and so uh, during the Advent season, those passages were oriented towards the themes of Advent, anticipating the Lord's appearance, stuff like that. And so we've been listening to those and and following that. Uh, Now Christmas has passed, and I assume in the first week of the new year, we're going to jump back into Matthew, as far as I know. So today's kind of this wild card Sunday, where no one really had any guidance for me about what to talk about. I just kind of got to pick whatever I wanted to talk about. And so I was praying and asking the Lord for guidance on just like what do whoever's going to, you know, most people aren't going to be here. More people than I thought showed up. But, you know, I was figuring, God, what what does someone need to hear? And and I felt uh, this particular passage just kind of jumped off the page at me shortly after asking God about that. And so I'm kind of running with that. I'm not 100% settled on everything I'm going to say yet. And I'm not sure if it's for one particular person or multiple people or what. I'm trusting that God will accomplish what he wants to accomplish today. But frankly, this isn't uh, necessarily the text that I'd be most likely to pick uh, to read to you. It's got some things that are that feel distant uh, from how I see the world uh, and how I think most of us do in terms of culture and in terms of just our location in, in history with God. Uh, and so... For one thing, this is, if you're not familiar with sort of Deuteronomy in the context of the words we just read, um, the basic story of the first few books of the Bible is uh, God chooses Abraham and promises to uh, multiply his people and make a great nation that will bless the world. Uh, that the descendants of Abraham end up in slavery in Egypt. Um, through Moses, God delivers the people from slavery in Egypt brings them into the wilderness. They come to Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, same mountain. uh, And they they see the presence of God gloriously um, on top of the mountain. And the Lord gives them the the commandments, the way of life that they're supposed to follow when they inherit the promised land. And so when we speak about the law or the Torah or something like that, this is God's instructions to his people about how to live faithfully in the land that he is giving them. Uh, And Deuteronomy is moses uh restatement of those ways because the people at this point have gone through this saga of you know wandering in the wilderness and some things go badly and some things go well and it's this complicated sort of process because the people aren't perfect at obeying god but now they're at the edge of the land that god has promised they're about to go in moses is not allowed to go in because of a particular act of disobedience and so he's going to stay behind. And so he's just telling the people, just remember, here's where God has brought us so far. Here's the things God has told us to do. He restates some things. He adapts some things in certain ways and how he says them, emphasizes particular things. And then, okay, now go. Make sure you tell your children. Make sure they tell tell their children you need to stick tightly to the things I'm saying. And that's what Deuteronomy is. And so this is just a piece of that. And so for one thing, this is kind of distant to probably all of us in the sense that we're not um, inheriting the promised land. You know, in, we're not, we're no, we don't live in the promised land. Our, and you know, Most of our ancestors weren't involved in this occasion. Um, there is a particularity to it. It's about how you live in this particular promised land as this particular people descended from this particular patriarch. Most of us aren't, in the most straightforward sense, involved in that. Certainly, we're not uh, inheriting land and driving away other nations and things like that. It's not, it's not our, what we're doing. Um, there's different ways of governing and different ways of getting things done. This is a world that is culturally very different. The realities that the people of Israel experienced are extraordinarily different from ours, to enough of an extent that I think it's hard to put ourselves in their shoes. Um, As a Christian, and because of my convictions as a Christian, I don't like capital punishment. I think it's wrong. And yet, here we have if a prophet speaks in the name of another God or speaks presumptuously, they're to be executed. That's uncomfortable to me. Um, And just in general, there's sort of a, it's not very nice about the practices of the other peoples and the other traditions and other cultures and so forth. That's kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, furthermore, uh, in Christ, though, though we do believe, uh, if we read our Bible carefully, we do believe that uh, in Christ we're kind of incorporated into this story that God began with Abraham. We, we actually do participate in that in a particular kind of way. Um, but the nature of the relationship is different. We're not just, you know uh a bunch of gentiles who got to live in the promised land with israel and do the stuff there there is a, a sort of difference in in that in jesus we have access to god in a slightly different way whereas uh there are particular prophets in the old testament era there are also prophecies that we believe are fulfilled in jesus where the holy spirit comes to the people uh basically everybody gets to participate in certain ways in this, uh, you know, receiving the word of the Lord and proclaiming that uh, by the Holy Spirit, which God pours on everybody uh, in Christ, and so there's something different there. And then our relationship to the law is different because uh, we believe that that um, <clears throat> that we enter in through through grace. And there's a whole lot there that I can't dig into today. So. There's this sense that, you know, when we read this in many texts of the Old Testament, it's not straightforward to say, here's what this means for us. Uh, On the one hand, it's addressed to someone else at a particular point. On the other hand, Christians proclaim this as the word of God, at least traditionally, and I affirm that, and I think most of us do. We say this is God's word that we can learn from. It has something to tell us. But it's not necessarily the most straightforward thing. What it's not saying is... You know, all Christians should, you know, eliminate everyone else from the land that we are inheriting, which, by the way, is a particular land we don't live in. Uh, It's not directly transferable in that way, which is, I think, I think that's why a lot of churches stay away from the Old Testament, because it's hard to decide exactly how this bears on us. Uh, And I think to do that, just in general, if we're reading really either Testament, we have some of these problems, at least with culture, and the world is different, and how does this directly apply to us. Um, If we do want to say this is useful, I think it means really needing to spend some time with the Scriptures, spend some time letting it sink in, not necessarily needing to have a direct lesson every time, uh, spending some time pondering these things, understanding the heart of these things, seeking... Uh, God's wisdom through prayer, seeking that the Holy Spirit would speak to us. Um, and then we have community where we can share what, we're, we, what we think we're discovering in the scriptures. And, you know, maybe one person says, I'm hearing this, and someone else says, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like God, and that's kind of how I see it too. Or, oh, actually, maybe you want to rethink that. We have a community where we can kind of check each other, where we can, um, we don't have to do this alone, and that is helpful, I think. And then we have practices that we do, that that Christians have done for a long time, that actually shape how we uh, approach God. And so I think that taking communion, praying for each other, serving others, giving, putting money in the plate, stuff like that, singing praises to God together, these kinds of things actually have something to do with how we hear uh, God's word in the scriptures and how we hear God's word from one another. Uh, Even if I can't articulate exactly how it does that, I believe it does shape kind of the feel we have for how we connect with God. And so I think all those things help us to do that. But it does take time. It does take energy. It does take effort. Um, as far as this particular passage goes, there's a couple things that jump out to me as, even though it's maybe not directly applicable, we have some things we can learn. And what I, think God, we, I think we have some things specifically that God wants to say to us today. And so one of those things is just this sense that there's a particularity to how God wants to communicate with his people. There's specific ways that he wants his people to connect with him. It's not just discover God however you want to try and do that. It's not, you know, um, we don't get to make God up. We don't get to make our devotion to God up. I think that in uh, Los Angeles these days and in a lot of other places, the culture is very much one where you, um, Customize your own spirituality. You seek God out however you see fit. Draw from lots of different religions. Draw from lots of different practices. Draw from lots of different spiritual traditions. Don't judge anyone else's thing. Don't put any boundaries around it. Just kind of embrace everything and find whatever you find. And you know that's great. And you build your own thing. Um, and if you have a commitment to a particular set of ways, especially if they go back a while in history, uh, that can be seen as closed-minded. It can be seen as too narrow. It can be seen as uh, you have an unwillingness to entertain new ideas. And there is a legitimacy there, I think, because closed-mindedness can be kind of problematic. And insisting that everyone do things your way has created problems, and um, we don't want to be too constrained about how we think people need to worship god i'm sure there are i know there are many people who would look at how we do church and say you're not doing the right songs you're not doing this this and that i I mean i I know i have professors who i can hear in my head often telling me about what's wrong with how we do things and and there's things i might not like about how they do things at their church either Uh, i don't advocate being super nitpicky about you know my way is the right way and I do, you know, encourage an open-mindedness of sorts. But I think that there is something valuable that we, that, that people in recent times, and especially in progressive places like LA, often miss, which is um, to have certain traditions, to have certain ways. And specifically, as Christians, there's ways that God gives us to pursue him. And there's ways that are out of bounds. Uh, In this particular situation, it has to do with the the practices of the people in the land, and God's saying, if you're among these people, you're going to be tempted to do things their way, to worship their gods, to uh, find things out through sorcery, child sacrifice, all kinds of stuff. Um, I think that even though we're not necessarily being confronted with the same things, I think there are different ways that people seek out spirituality, seek out some kind of connection with the divine that aren't the way that Jesus teaches us to live, or the way that we're taught to walk, or the way that um, they're not in bounds for Christians. I believe there's, there is specificity to how the people of God are supposed to pursue God. We don't just get to make it up. Um, and specifically what we have here is uh, this idea that, that God chooses to speak to his people through prophets. He he chooses to raise up people, actually because the people said they wanted them. There is an influence there where God allows uh, his relationship with his people to be influenced by the people. It's not just bossy. There is a mutuality there. But um, God says, I'm going to speak to you through prophets. That's Our history together is that we've chosen this. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to raise up prophets. They're going to speak to you. And you're responsible for doing the stuff that I proclaim to you. Um, So The fundamental way that God speaks is, is by putting his spirit on people to proclaim what he's saying. And we believe that, uh, at least many of us believe that in the scriptures, we have a specific appointed set of things that God has said, ways that God has revealed himself verbally, that um, for all believers across history, across the world, these are the texts that we should go to regularly to establish what's, what's normal. Uh, and then we also, at least certainly at Basilea and a number of other churches, believe that um, an experience that God does speak to us by his Holy Spirit uh, still, and in particular ways that maybe aren't for everyone all over the world across history, but have, have to do with the particular situations that we are in. We believe that we can hear from God by his spirit. We believe that we can uh, hear from our brothers and sisters in the community who are receiving revelation from God. Um, This is the kind of way that God wants to speak to us. He doesn't seem to be okay with us just making up any way that we choose or that that we think catches our attention. And then I guess I also just wanted to rest for a minute on this idea that it's important to exercise care in stewarding those things right. I think, again, the scriptures, and the word that God speaks through the spirit that's particular, um, it's not just sort of an inspirational idea of the day. It's not just a little piece of encouragement or, or a bunch of stuff that you can kind of pick up and run with if you see fit or leave it, if you kind of don't like it. Uh, God expects and holds his people responsible for doing the stuff, You know, following his words, trying to discover um, what pleases him and do that. And so I think we need to exercise care in both of those ways, in, in uh, discovering how to line up with what we're hearing by the Spirit, discovering how to line up with the Scriptures. So how exactly this works for any given one of us might be different from person to person. There may be places where, as you're hearing me or as you go to prayer, you may be aware, oh, I, I did try to seek God in a way that was kind of out of bounds. Uh, Or I didn't take his word seriously enough or I didn't take my participation in that seriously enough, my role in fulfilling what he says seriously enough. Um, And you may feel that there's something, some repentance to do, some confession to do. Uh, You may want to pray with somebody. Um, You may feel that there's a particular thing that God has made you aware of that you haven't been diligent in seeking you know, what does this mean for me? Uh, and you may want to pick that back up and run with that. Um, there's various ways that that might look. So what we want to do is, um, I think we want to take just a couple of minutes. Uh, I don't know if someone would maybe play us a little. Brady, would you give us a little tune or something? Uh, just take a couple of minutes, ponder the stuff that I'm saying. And whether it has implicate, it may not. It may be that you're fine and, you know, you've been doing what you should. It may be that you are aware that, oh, I do need to deal with this thing in prayer. And um, if, you, if you do feel that way, if you do think there's something that God is pressing on you about, um, I think a couple of us will be over in the vicinity of the stairs and you can come and pray with us. Or if you know someone here that you're more comfortable with, you can talk with them. Uh, but we want to make space for people to just articulate what they're feeling, you know, and, and we'll, we'll kind of come alongside you and, and do whatever seems like the thing to do there as far as prayer and talking and stuff like that. Um, I guess I'll just say a little prayer. We'll take a few minutes, kind of just see if we are aware that God is saying something and respond accordingly, okay? And if you don't feel something, then just, you know, feel free to mingle and have snacks and all that. So God, I thank you that you do speak to us. You do make your word known to us and your will known to us. And you do um, act by your Holy Spirit in specific ways. I thank you that you, are, you, re- you reveal yourself to us as a God who's real, not as a God who we just dream up. I pray that you would uh, push on us and, and make, aware, make us aware if there are ways that we have not sought your will in a way that pleases you uh, or not been faithful to you in the ways that you give us to follow you, and that you would um, just move us to address those things, that you bring us freedom from any chains, um, freedom from any habits that are not fruitful. I pray that you would accomplish your purposes today by your spirit, God. Thank you, Father.